Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's going on? Derek, we are back with our good friends at Bry Brothers Brewing. And we figured round two makes sense at this point just because we have officially watched you guys transition and build this endeavor, um, which is super exciting because now all of our friends and family are super jealous every time we come down and see you guys. True. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let's start with, for anyone that's new, brand new subscribers, whatever, uh, we'll start with intros, titles, and then we'll just dive right into all things Bry Brothers. Sweet. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so my name is Dylan Betty. I am the head brewer and co-founder of Briar Brothers Brewing Company. And I am Joel Betty, uh, co-owner and head of operations at Briar Brothers Brewing Company. So you guys were like one of our first interviews. Right. I, what was it? Six or something like that? Yeah. It was insane. How Within long top ten. Was. Within yeah. the top ten. Yeah. So we started in your apartment. Yeah. Where it all began. Which is insane. Yeah. What is it like transitioning from being a home brewer to doing this now? Yeah, you know, I think that there's, you know, not even that, but kind of just going back to what you stated about being in our apartments and then being here now. You know, it, it today as I was driving here and, you know, thinking about the interview and whatnot, it, to kind of reflect back on, you know, you guys walking into our, again, sitting in our dining room and the, the homebrew equipment behind us on display, and, and seeing where that, you know, from then to now, what's unfolded and how, you know, we've progressed and evolved and how you guys have progressed and evolved. It is such a surreal thing. And I think anybody who, you know, our friends and family and, and anybody that you've guys told about your business endeavor and what you wanted to, you know, accomplish, I don't think they've ever, anybody would have ever thought that we'd be here mm-hmm. now where, you know, where, where, what you guys have done, where we are now. So, you know, I think it's very cool. And it's, again, being here is surreal. Being here right now during mm-hmm. doing this interview is very cool to me because of just from if you were to watch these interviews back to back, what's elapsed, what's <laughs> what's happened in between these two videos is is nuts yeah. for both for, for all four of us. So, yeah, yeah, well, I think cheers, we, boys, because yeah, we're cheers. all still around. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> We've definitely survived. applause. Cheers. Right. But yeah, I think um, kind of building off of what Dylan was saying too is um, you know. Again, same thing goes for all of us. Uh, with how fast things do move, it 
is difficult to get to a point and step back and try to realize and appreciate what you have done, what you have, and kind of what's going to happen. So, I mean, similar to what Dylan was saying as well, um, kind of thinking about and leading up to this, it's, it was kind of one of those first moments where we were able to take a step back and actually look at where we are and how we got there. And again, it's just been a ride that we'll never forget, obviously. And yeah. I've always been appreciative. So I, I mean, have you guys have had a chance, like, I mean, just like you were saying right now, you kind of did that, but have you guys had a chance to step back and breathe? Because you both are still working full-time jobs like that. Opening up a brewery right now has to be so challenging, but also the fact that you still are both working full-time, it just, I don't know if you've had that luxury to just like sit back and enjoy beer and just relax. Have you? Here and there. We, yeah. we find time now. Um, you know, we've, as we've, you know, grown, um, even as young as we are, we've realized things that we can handle and where we can take time to actually sit together, mm -hmm. just relax and kick back and kind of just unwind a bit. So, I mean, now on occasion, yes, we find those moments, but it, it took us a while. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For, you know, again, for sure. Um, we get asked that quite a bit, you know, family, friends, everybody say, you know, look around, have, you know, do you believe what's, you know, what's kind of unfolded here? And yes and no. Again, you know, for, for Joel and I walking in here seven days a week, most, you know, most weeks and being typically pretty tired or, you know, exhausted and, you know, running off adrenaline, it's hard to kind of appreciate what you have just, again, being here so much and seeing it. But then on the nights that we, you know, we're not here or then we do come here and we're come here as clients or um, you know patrons and seeing you know the every, everybody here you know friends gathering family gathering uh, enjoying the product that we make that to me that is where I start to be able to sort of take in that you know what what we've done sure so you know again it, it's it's a grind and again coming in here exhausted it's hard to appreciate it but we make sure that when we do have the moment to you know appreciate it that we do put it take it all in, in full so now that transition from apartment to brewery, the four of us understand that it was, it was a journey. It was a process and it wasn't yeah. necessarily super smooth just because of the, the process in itself. Nothing you guys did wrong. Now that it's over with and we can reflect and kind of like time lapse it, what was that process like and how was it? to open something in the city of Buffalo to and find then, this place. Like yeah. All that. Like everything. Cause it's, there's so much to that. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, going into it, we had some like time frames that were pushed back uh, due to, you know, of course, uh, COVID and whatnot. But what many thought would have been like a setback was honestly feels like the best thing that could have happened in terms of business wise and business decisions for us. Um, you know, if that were not the case, we definitely would not have come across this place. Um, two, you know, we had the opportunity to continue to refine and develop a lot of our, our recipes um, and kind of never rush it. Um, being able to take our time, do things the right way uh, was something that we always said we were going to do. And uh, I think that whole time allowed mm -hmm. us to do it. Yeah, for sure. Right. And um, your first time drinking? Hey, you okay yeah, there? clearly. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not well. Uh, and, and again, to kind of piggyback off what Joel said is that you know, we never really set ourselves a, a, a deadline of when, when we needed to be open as an official, you know, as a brewery. Um, we, of course, we wanted to do it 
you know, as soon as possible, mm -hmm. just because we wanted to keep that, that, you know, that fire burning and that, you know, just the, the momentum going. But again, it, it really, it allowed us to, you know, sort of being not too aggressive, but still being aggressive on our approach and sort of our, our intro into, into this, into this business in this, in this field. Um, again, it really just, we had, the, we had the ability to sort of ease into it and mm -hmm. kind of be as prepared as possible. Now there are so many things that we, you know, we learned on the way, but again, being able to sort of sit back and kind of just take the, the easy, the slower road to it. Again, sure. it, I think it worked in our benefit. Did you know this place existed when you were originally searching? No, no. no. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about finding this place and what this place means? Because Every time somebody comes in here, they they look at the augers and they're like, what even is this place? So can you give a little history on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that we came about, about this place was from our mutual friend, Tom. Uh, you know, he goes to the barbershop here and, uh, you know, helped him out a little bit with his uh, logo and his design. And, you know, being as uh, helpful and thoughtful as he is, <laughs> uh, he kind of just tipped us off on this place. He said, have you guys ever been here? And the answer was no. We, you know, mm -hmm. we've looked everywhere between, you know, West Seneca, Williamsville, you know, city of Buffalo, everywhere in between, and this place never crossed our radar. So we planned a trip to come down here. We uh, we walked right through the <laughs> to the parking lot and looked up, and it was just kind of one of those moments where it was it was love at first sight mm -hmm. in its own way, and it it just seemed impossible that nobody had ever come across this and had taken advantage of of a place like this and with all the history that it has and you know dylan will probably elaborate a little bit on that history but uh, i mean it's just one of the best finds that we could have ever imagined and someplace we never saw ourselves mm -hmm. which which it's credit to you guys for saying yes i let's not give tom any credit <laughs> he doesn't need that that's fair he did charge an aggressive finders fee when we, uh, when we closed but you know <laughs> we're still waiting for him to buy his first beer i think <laughs> true um but yeah and you know like like joel has mentioned when when we first saw the building when we we toured the place it you know it was love at first sight and it was after we left that meeting and and, and touring the facility with the property owners young and right architecture um that was the only thing we thought about going forward it was how do we secure this location because this this place encaptured a, a very large vision of or vision of what joel and i had and, and what we wanted briar brothers to be we were always, you know, when we were looking for locations, it was we wanted rustic, we wanted that bare bones, raw look. And with this place, there wasn't much you had to do to accomplish that, uh, other than make it safe for people to come in here. Sure. But, <laughs> but, and again, so, you know, when we saw the place and when we, when we left that day, it was, how do we get, how do we get in here? Because this is, this is Briar Brothers. Sure. It, it, it just, it fit perfectly what we were looking for. Being the space that it is, and like it being a Buffalo historical site, you know, and all the equipment that goes into brewing and just making this place a, a usable space was something that we were very kind of weary of because of how this place is built, this historical, you know, I guess instructions that you kind of have to follow mm -hmm. to maintain its, uh, you know, preserve it. Uh, but again, credit to Young and Wright Architects that anything that we thought would be a hurdle, they, uh, they found the way to overcome it and overcome it without us feeling any stress or strain yeah. on it. Yeah. There's, a, there's like a running joke that any time that we presented like a, a hiccup or, or anything that could have been an issue, there was there was always, and it was never like a, um, 
there's always a, a solution to it. And it was never felt like it was sort of like a, a rush solution. They were like, oh yeah, we'll do this. this. And we're like, when are you gonna tell us no? Right. Like, when, when are you gonna say that, no, this is the bottom line, like this, we can't do it, like it's not possible. And this has never happened. And we kept getting farther and farther in the process. Of yeah. like to, you know, kind of developing the build out and all of that. And then we'd find something that we thought was gonna be an issue. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, this is the, it was almost like a mini heartbreak when we were thinking of these. And then having to be like, okay, are you gonna be the one to bring it up and ask him? Are you gonna be the one to bring it up and send him an email and just wait for that reply back? But again, um, none of it ever came to fruition. None of it was an issue. And they were able to build this place out beyond what we were yeah. even able to kind of dream of. What's, what's an example of that? Like a small obstacle. Yeah, so let me think here, because there were, there were quite a few. Um, <laughs> like water lines or like along those lines, it no pun intended? No, it wasn't. And it wasn't so much water, anything in that. It was power output. Power output, uh, drilling holes into the side of the building. Again, with it being um, a Historical. Uh, historic building, there are some you know, preservations that have to be maintained on the facility. And so when we were working with our, our tank manufacturer, Ultimate Brew Service, and then they worked beautifully with Young and Wright, that communication was you know seamless between the two of them, which again, made this process even more seamless. seamless. Yeah, seamless for us. Um, but again, things like that, like just um, structure-wise ad adjustments to the building. Mm -hmm. And it, what was nice and what you've kind of started to learn, and I can't speak too much on it, but when you're working with the Historic Society, they, I think they, they care so much about the, the effort and the time and the energy that's being put into revitalizing, revitalizing these buildings is that they won't really tell you no mm -hmm. about too much. Again, now we've never worked directly with them, but it's just something that I've, I've experienced. As long as you're not requesting to make radical changes to the structure of the building, they, they tend to sort of work with you um, to, again, because at the end of the day, it's about making these buildings, you know, revitalizing them and bringing them back to life and be getting people in here and preserving Buffalo history in yeah. a way. I think that's interesting because with you guys being a brewery and this being a malt house, mm -hmm. if another business tried to come in here and remove those augers, maybe that would have been the breaking sure. point to say, we're not doing this because this literally is this building. We, sure. we can't take away that history. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. And I, and I think those augers were part of the deal when, when they did the initial build out before we even came in here, because uh, those were already there, when, you know, and well, mm -hmm. they've been there for, you know, dozens of years. Yeah. Hundreds, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, I think so as well. I think with us wanting to keep that raw look, that there really wasn't much that was too much of a tiff for, sure. for anybody to really to. Yeah, we get that question all the time. It's like, were those augers here when you, like, were, yeah. did you bring them in? And it was always like, no, these, these were here, and, you know, we couldn't remove them if we wanted to. I mean, more <laughs> so out of the physical uh, being of it, just because of yeah. how uh, massive and heavy they are. But, I mean, again, just to, as Dylan was saying, it's, it was exactly the vibe, the feel, and the just the atmosphere that we really wanted and had no idea how to put it in words. Yeah. So take us back all the way to the thought process of you saying, okay, we, we brew beer at home until this time. Now it's time to open the brewery. And then you guys started a Kickstarter. Like what was your, I guess your like expectation with starting the Kickstarter. Did you expect it to blow up? Because it, it seemed like it, it reached the goal relatively quickly compared to what you guys were hoping for. So can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, the idea was just to kind of help us put down, um, you know, a deposit towards the business loan that we mm -hmm. needed to file. Um, so, I mean, that was the, the goal. That's where we set our, our mark at. And we were just hoping and, you know, expecting that somebody really was bought into, you know, who we were and how we were doing things. And, uh, I mean, it, as you mentioned, we, we hit the goal and surpassed the goal in about two and a half weeks, I believe. Um, you know, 
most of family was excluded from that. Mm -hmm. You know, they had, uh, you know, we had we had told them, you know, this is something that we're trying to do on, you know, on our own. See if we can get that outreach from some other help uh, and other people that just want to believe in it. So that way we can kind of get a gauge on how well we will be received if and when we ultimately do open a place. Um, so, you know, going in it again, it was just kind of like, okay, 60 days. Let's hope for the best. See what happens, and then two and a half weeks later, it was just phenomenal because again, there was. There, there weren't any, or if there were, there weren't many large, large, large donations mm -hmm. of like, you know, a thousand plus dollars. Sure. It was just hundreds of people doing what they can and doing what they could to try and, you know, that heard our story and wanted to see it come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the most humbling uh, couple of weeks that we've, we've ever had. And uh, to, to be there and to kind of see those those people's names come in and those donations come in was, uh, you know, something we, we can never forget. And it's super, super humbling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's why we, we have the, the name, the, you know, the name wall in the brewery itself, you know, because, you know, as Joel mentioned, those, those two weeks of, you know, and just being taken back by the outreach and the support from all these people that, you know, unfortunately we may not have had the luxury of knowing personally, you know, mm -hmm. the name, Seeing all those names on the wall over here is just a reminder every day to Joel and I of the support that we could, we have and and the the encouragement and you know the time the days that Joel and I again are dog tired and we're we're ready to give up we're ready to you know quit I don't want to sound too um, corny but when you look over there in a way it's it's all these people who mm -hmm. are who encourage you who who took a leap of faith with you a little bit and so you know you you owe them something too to keep going and to keep trying keep pushing limits keep you know just keep going yeah. and so that definitely helps and again it was it was a reward for people for you know for uh, donators but it was also for us it's a tool of encouragement to keep going so we we look at it both ways yeah so when you guys opened there is a whole thought process on food is like what is what is this brewery going to do for food you guys started off with trying to get food trucks every day that you were open basically and i'm sure that got extremely stressful so then you got pizza in and then you and hen house partnered up so mm -hmm. can you go into kind of what the thought process there was and kind of the whole trying to get a food truck experience of who do I have today? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, going into it, the only thing that pairs better with beer or aside from another beer is, uh, is food, you know? And, uh, so getting the food trucks here every weekend was uh, exhausting. As you mentioned earlier, you know, between both of us still working our full-time jobs, then having to kind of bounce back with some of the logistics of finding people, uh, making sure that we're doing the right advertisement for them and getting them here so that people know that they're here, not just kind of hap you know, coming mm -hmm. upon them on happenstance. Um, you know, so that got exhausting. Um, and then the, the two guys over at Hen House, uh, Sal and Alex, were some of the most easy people to communicate with. They were the most passionate. I mean, again, I, I say that with, uh, you know, uh, you know, openly, they were the most passionate about making sure their people knew that they were here and promoting who we were as well without ever meeting them before uh, and consistently just knock food out of the park um, and continue to to this day. Mm -hmm. yeah. So primarily with them being in the North Towns, um, they were looking for a little bit of exposure to some people in the South Towns mm -hmm. here who may not have had the opportunity to get some of their uh, their chicken. So and we were looking for a permanent solution. So we got together one day, figured out logistics, and uh, I mean, for them, they were happy to be here and we couldn't be any happier that they're here. Yeah. 
I'm sure that had to take a lot of stress off your plate from finding people because I'm, I'm sure that there's been instances where people just like canceled like last minute and then you're just like what do we what do we do now for food yeah exactly and you know that's a deter uh you mm-hmm. know especially like i said we do advertisements on a weekly basis you know off of like over the summer who was playing on the patio and what food was going to be available for them so you know when you kind of have somebody bow out for you know whatever reasons they might be it you can't just pass the buck and say it's because they you know it, it, in a way it's something that you have to take ownership of and something that we wanted to uh, kind of eliminate from being perceived as something that we were doing so um, you know again having them here is, uh, is something that's consistently been uh, a solid product uh, the people that come in here and eat their food can't say enough about it and uh, I mean we're guilty of having it a time or two <laughs> yeah. a week as well so <laughs> that's got to be tough too though because fried chicken gets yeah. uh, pretty calorically high <laughs> oh i mean who's counting calories when you're drinking craft beer Derek? true true good point good point <laughs> that's a trip so you guys crushed the the food and the live music aspect which i think is the other big piece to touch on because i don't know if you guys i'm sure you did i know you did i know you guys thought about okay parking at a brewery like what does that look like and when it was the first the first like three weeks that you guys were live open everything was rocking one of my thoughts was okay if that initial parking lot is full what happens and then lo and behold normal things happen with people it's just like i'm parking right here and then all of a sudden (laughs) everything you just realize how much stone is out there Mm -hmm. and people just file in and i'm like this is fantastic yeah Mm -hmm. so you're basically parked on what is the 190 and you're just (laughs) hanging out and then you're walking up and you're you know you're seeing the silos and then you're smelling the food you're hearing the music and then you go inside and this place is just packed with people legally of course we're not exceeding <laughs> occupancy there's course, no concerns of course, yeah. of course but you got people just hanging out on the sides and there's just like people watching and it's a whole separate avenue of entertainment outside of what you guys already provided because you're you're able to people watch drink a beer eat a really good meal listen to music and then just forget the fact that you're right on elk street like it doesn't feel like elk street anymore it's it's kind of like you just created a, this environment yeah. which Right, like it's it's good, but did, was there thought for that, or was that just an organic side effect of this location? Um, I'm gonna say it was it's fifty fifty. Uh, I don't want to give us ourselves too much credit because it kind of things unfolded organically um, as to what they are now. When Joel and I were looking for locations, we we approached it in in two ways. One, as a as a consumer, right, as a patron, parking is huge. Again. It, if you have to park three blocks away on a city street and on city, you know, and try to fight for parking or paying for parking in that's, January, that, in January, yeah, that's a that's a deterrent to wanting to go to a, you know a location. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing for us is parking, which again this place is ample of it, and it's you know private parking. We have the par- the main parking lot here on the property, but we also have the additional stone lot across the street. Um, so again, that was huge for us. Um, sort of that like that 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 vibe that you were mentioning with the live music and whatnot. That was more organic now. Uh, that happened kind of as we started to notice things. Having the stage built into the silo, having a patio that is removed from a public road, right? So you don't have cars zipping by, you don't have that heavy traffic, that loud traffic, sort of creating this little sort of- The bubble. Right, you know, in here. Yeah. That, again, that just came with the building in a way, right? Like, again, we we didn't think too much into that when we found the place here. Again, we 
we were trying to think in a broad manner, but in, in some ways, we you know when we saw this location or the facility itself, the tap room, that you know the um, and everything, you know that's where we fell in love with. Everything out there sort of happened organically, excluding the parking lot. Sure. Um, so yeah, again, it, it's, it was very cool to see. You know, and summer nights when we have the you know the fire pits going, live music, the lights are shining. It's it's a very cool atmosphere and it's a cool vibe. And what's cool with the way that the building is set up and with the silo just being concrete it, it, it captures sound so when you when you walk around or when you drive past the brewery it it, it goes away hmm. but the second that you turn that corner either way um it, it just everything lights up and you hear it and you can see everybody and it, it's just it's just such a cool sort of atmosphere to approach and it, again it's, it has eye appeal for people driving by an orchard park road right. they see everybody they see all the cars the music the and everything and it gets people to say what's going on there and then they you know, it's like a built it's like an amphitheater yeah. you yeah. know like when you get there like again that concrete that stone that brick is just taking the music and just throwing it right in the right direction for everybody i'm sure the neighbors love that because now they're not getting bombarded by just some random music if it's not hitting them because you drive down the street and you're like where am i going yeah mm-hmm. it, the, the one part looks like a one way and you're like am i going the right way yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i think i gotta go here but then you got like the big huge light on the side of the building and you're like okay i, I know where yeah. i'm going but I'm, I'm sure the neighbors have to be like have you had any interaction with the neighbors uh, i mean i was going to kind of build off of what dylan was saying too about like organically kind of building this this vibe and this feel um you know we we have to give credit to like this neighborhood itself like um, I think the, well, I know that the people of this area have welcomed us with such like warm embraces. And I, you know, I think there is sometimes a stigma with these new microbreweries or breweries popping up where, you know, th- people are thinking that you're trying to almost gentrify this neighborhood mm-hmm. and make it into this hoity toity, you know, pristine, uh, you know, spotless location where you kind of change the, the sanctity and what this place was built on. Um, and so I think for a little while, people had a little bit of a hesitation to kind of approach uh, for that reason. But week, two weeks, three weeks after we, we opened the doors and they noticed and they saw that we didn't want to change a thing mm-hmm. about this place. We only wanted to help enrich it and make it more welcoming and make it more visible to people outside these few blocks. Uh, we received, again, nothing but such an incredible response. I mean, some of the people that continue to come in here, you know, weekly are, are people just around the block. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're the most uh, appreciative and giving people for yeah. taking something like this that, you know, kids and people used to just sneak into and graffiti and throw right. bottles and things like that um, and, and take it into something that really kind of made it this place full circle. As I mentioned, again, it was a brew house, it was a malt house for breweries mm-hmm. all the way up until the early 80s. And then it sat abandoned for so many years. And then being able to kind of pay respect and homage to the, the, the you know, kind of what this place was mm-hmm. and what it was trying to do and what it was trying to build, um, I think is something that, uh, well, I know is something that everybody in this neighborhood really appreciates. Yeah. That's really refreshing to hear because, I mean, sometimes people have to park on the street right in front of their houses. So I, I was always curious on what their response was. Some people could take that as this brewery's coming and taking my spots, but that's cool to know that they've kind of accepted you into their neighborhood that that's really refreshing to hear definitely i think a lot of it is because you guys released your ideas and articulated it in a way where there wasn't necessarily like rules it was just kind of guidelines if this makes sense where you were you basically told us the same thing we're like what are you thinking for this when you guys were you weren't even open yet and we were just in here hanging out trying to figure out like what this actually looks like which we were going over like commercial ideas, round two ideas, 
how can we help ideas? And you were like, all right, this is what we got. Like beer stuff over here, mm-hmm. bar, tables and chairs, and then like outdoor patio, food trucks, live music. We'll go from there. Yeah. And then that you like released that. Like you, you opened, right? And then it was like four or five days before day one. And you literally said just that. You're like, we got a bar, tables and chairs, outdoor patio, live music for day one open. And uh, we're going to have some food trucks. So, like, come hang out. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So, you allowed patrons to develop where they would naturally flow anyways. And yeah. then you just you didn't say anything. You just observed, which is a massive credit to you guys. Because you had that, like, humble approach and this down-to-earth approach, which really is only going to come from, like, hometown dudes. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, right? Like, if you're an investor, then you don't understand the people of Buffalo. But you guys are from here. And you know what I mean? Like West Seneca. And you just allowed people to just congregate where they congregate, flow where they flow. And then you built your business around what was naturally happening, which really built out this massive vibe where like you can wear a flannel or you can just wear work clothes, come get a beer and then go home. And it's just like totally accepted across the board. And the, the flow of everything makes complete ergonomical sense. Like go here, stand in line, get your beer, do whatever you want food's over there rock and roll say thanks to the peeps like it's so easy and yep. then if you like you want to buy a coaster or a t-shirt like let us know like it's so easy mm-hmm. pay respect to the hydration station too you know like you gotta, <laughs> yeah. every round every <laughs> round it's yeah. also in our commercial oh, yeah. we just got to represent that's the hydration station that's yeah my favorite part thanks clutch <laughs> but uh, you know i i you know to, you know what you're saying there is that you have to adapt you have to you know you have to hear what the consumer it wants if not, you're not going to survive. You're not going to make it. Yeah. And, you know, Joel and I, in our own rights, we, we may be hard-headed in, in certain ways, but when it, when it comes to providing the, the best experience for our patrons, we, we are all ears, and we will hear every sort of idea that gets thrown our way. Or, again, we are all eyes, and we will see the trends of what's happening on any given Friday, Saturday night. That t- you know, again, granted, we haven't been open for a full year yet, but, again, on, you know, on the warmer nights, making sure that the patio is set up in time and again we have music playing out there at the right volume so again based on the time of day uh so again it's always continuously just learning what your what your consumers are are telling you and they might not even be telling you with their own words but with their actions too so again that you have to adapt you have to you know make adjustments to certain things where maybe in our head we thought was the right thing but when you hear it or when you see it from other people, you say, oh, wait, you know, maybe that wasn't the best thing. Or mm-hmm. maybe this is how we improve the experience by changing this, moving this, offering this, and, and, so, and so on. And so that is something that we will continuously do, uh, you know, in year three, four, five, you know, knock on wood. Uh, yeah, right. And again, just making sure that we are, again, providing the best experience possible. I think a lot of that kind of going off of what you said, Mike, was just kind of, you know, we're not those investor guys. You know, we're not the guys with the suits and the ties. Thank God. (laughs) Who have, like, had the experiences of running companies and successful businesses before, you know. So, you know, it's it's adapting is part of the learning process for us as well. And, I mean, we've been, again, if we're saying knock on wood, you know, grateful and thankful that we've been learning the right way. And we've been learning from the right people, as Dylan said, such as the people that are continuously coming in here, showing their love, support, and drinking the beers. I think it's important that you said that you're not those investor types because that shows through with your pricing too. You are have to be one of the most affordable breweries in the area. So how do you 
how do you judge your pricing based off of you know that another craft brewery can charge 12 bucks for that like that's that's humbling knowing that you guys are saying we're not going to destroy you on prices we're just here to put out a good product and then you'll buy it at a price that benefits everybody like that's so sick i think going back to what dylan said earlier as well was kind of like we had the idea of opening up a brewery tap room from experiences that we've had at breweries and tap rooms so you know whether it be that hydration station, perhaps the hydration <laughs> station, or um, you know the uh, the reasonably priced beers, you know that's what we appreciated and enjoyed, and when we went to places, mm-hmm. so we're able to you know charge the prices that we charge, and you know make it enjoyable for for them for the consumers as well as uh, make it at a point where you know it's not a burden to us. Uh, so I mean I think that's something that we've always uh, wanted to continue to do. Um, you know, our grandfather said it, um, you know, your, your nickels will add up quicker than your dimes. And uh, I mean, that's something that, we, you know, we continue to live by and something that, uh, you know, we want to continue to do moving forward. That's a f- sweet phrase because we have more nickels than dimes right now. So Bro, we got more right. pennies than nickels is what we got. Okay, we got more pennies than nickels. Well, I, I always had a not so savvy um, way of wording it when people, when people asked us, like, you know, the pricing and whatnot, because it does get brought up and mostly mm-hmm. by family and friends. And I always just say that I'm not, we're not looking to get rich off you in one day. We'll get rich off you in two years, in three years. There come back, go. tell your friends, you know, and again, the money will come. But yeah. everything we do, of course, has a strategic point to it as well, right? So, again, it's not like we're, 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 Hoping to work our, you know, yeah. every, every job for <laughs> yeah. the next five or six years. It's just, um, you know, we're, we're still able to do it where it's not, you know, breaking either our banks or, or yours, your banks. You're helping out right. the boys. What's, you guys have about. OG fans that have tattoos of your logo. Well, I mean, come on. That's right. Which, he who shall not be named, graphic designer, <laughs> yeah. literally had a stroke when you told him that, just so we're on the same page. Oh, He's yeah. like, seriously, yeah. I designed that. Now that's permanently on someone's body. That's probably one of my favorite stories. My <laughs> other favorite point, I don't know if you guys remember this, but you specifically told me that it is okay to drink craft beer even if you do work out and go to the gym, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> do you remember telling me that? Like, I was trying to convince myself probably at that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. For real, this is, this is like what? Four years ago? Yeah. That might have been the last and time you were there. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> There's no time now. There's no time. But when you told me that, I was like, all right, maybe I can actually dial it in. Like, there might yeah. be a way. Oh, yeah. Moder- everything's in moderation, right? Yeah. 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 Which I think I found the balance. Curling 16 ounces. Well, yeah, but I just, I think, I think there is a way to do it. And I just want to put it out there as a PSA, but it was all heated from your advice. And I thank you and appreciate you for oh, that. Of course. Wow. I, Serving the people, you know. That's it. We gotta get some bro tanks. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's it. Craft beer is okay to work out. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So craft when you and curls. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> when you started, what was the first beer that you made? Was it something that in your Rolodex you're like, this, this is a banger right here, or was it something that you're like, this will please the general population coming are, in? Are you saying made here or made yeah, ever? Made, made here. Yeah, Got made, it. Yeah, made here. Um, so yeah, that's a funny story in itself too. Um, so. When, when, when everything was said and done, right, when all the tanks were installed and it was go time, right, I had, I had the training wheels had to come off in a way. Uh, it was, okay, this is, you know, we did this based off of what you have been doing for the past three to four years, now do it. And I remember it was at least a week after everything was installed that was our, official, our first official brew day on the system. And I, I told myself that no matter what beer I made, whether it was something that we've made as home brewers or something new, I was going to be uncomfortable. Um, and at first I was leaning towards, okay, brew something that you're familiar with. Brew one of the beers that you have on, on file, one of your recipes that you've done, uh, and do that and then, you know, and go through it. And I think it was the day beforehand I, I just made the insane decision to say, you know what, I'm gonna brew a beer that I've never brewed before, a style that I've never done before, and just see what happens. Because in that way, if something doesn't go right, I'm not sure if it's not going right, right? Like I, I, have, I haven't done it sure. before, so how do I know? Uh, you know, if I'm tasting it through different phases of fermentation or different parts of the brewing process, I'm not sure what it's supposed to taste like, what it's supposed to look like, anything. So that's where I kind of, that was my sort of way of it's making. Like a fail-safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, the first beer that we brew in the system here is Agora, our brown ale, mm. which is our most highly received beer that we make or have, we have in our lineup. You've never made that before? That was your first time making it here? Yeah. So. We did brew a beer called Agora um, beer. as homebrewers. It was an IPA. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if it's in the archives anymore on our <laughs> social media, but uh, it was funny because we saw one of the homebrew labels or the the yeah the homebrew labels that we used to do on one of my old pieces of homebrewing equipment the other day when we were moving in Joel's uh, house. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, look at this! It's Agora." And it, again, it was when we were brewing, you know, at home. But it was an IPA at the time. It is now our brown ale, um, and again, it, it is our most well received one of our most well received beers that we have. Typically, we try to have it here on draft as much as possible, but it, you know, it goes quicker than it comes. <laughs> I don't think there's not a lot of breweries in the area that make a brown ale, though. Is it a more difficult beer to make? 
I don't think it's more difficult. I mean, you have to pay respect to Community Beer Works with the whale. You know, they right. do fantastic brown ale and the variations they do with it. Uh, there are, again, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm not mentioning you by name, but there are other breweries who are making. One you know, Cat does one. Yeah, uh, yeah, Steel yeah. Leaf did a solid one as well. I mean, both of them are respectively delicious. Right. And, and, I, and I think, you know, maybe, you know, that is, a, that is a, I can understand the question because we live in a world now where craft beer is mostly categorized by IPA, sours, and stouts. Right. Which that's just the trend that it's in, uh, that we're in right now. Um, and lagers in, in some aspect we're coming into that now but yeah you know it's not it's not the first thing that you might be uh, boasting to your buddies about when you come visit us is you know oh they have this insane brown ale like, that's just those words don't go right. together but I think if you're able to make a product that hits the style the right way it, it will make an impression on the consumer in a point where they will enjoy it and they will tell you that they enjoy it not only again verbally but by their actions of consistently reordering sure. it so, um, yeah, again, it's not a style that's, I guess, highly sought out by, again, the craft beer drinker, but it's something that we have, which is loved by the craft beer drinker and just the average beer drinker, too, who, you know, who might be getting into it, mm-hmm. who is just the Bud Light, Blue Light drinker, which is fine. We have that as an option, you know, for them is something lighter, refreshing, not so heavy like an IPA. You said that lagers are kind of coming back in. Is bu- we know Buffalo is like 10 years behind everything. We just talked with a, a women's fashion company and she's like, yeah, we're like nowhere near what everyone else in the world is. Is it the same with beer? Are we like behind the trends in Buffalo or not? I don't, I don't think so. No, okay. not with beer. I mean, what else is it do in Buffalo? Drink, eat and True. sleep during the, especially during the winter. Um, How's lager coming back then? I, you know, that's, it's funny. We answered, we answered an article about this um, just recently and I, I think lagers. I don't want to say it's coming back in a way. I mean, now, obviously, like, you know, our grandfathers, that was sort of Yeah, the, right. The Did it ever go away? Yeah, I don't think it ever went away. I just think it got sort of muted by the, the, the craft beer. The hazy boy. The hazy boy <laughs> hype, pretty much, yeah. And, yeah. and the pastry stouts and the, the fruited sours that, you know. So I, I think it, it got muted a little bit. But I think those, those consumers who have been consuming IPAs for the past four to five years aggressively, I mean, we've been drinking craft beer for, again, six, seven years maybe, mm-hmm. You get kind of sick, you know, not sick of it, but you want to try something different. Mm-hmm. So why not resort, you know, back to something a staple? Reliable. Yeah, reliable. So, you know, with, with lagers, they are crisper, they are lighter. So in two ways, I think craft beer is still growing, too. I don't think we've hit our high point with craft beer as, as, a, as consumers. And so lagers are a more approachable style for pe- consumers who are just getting into sure. craft beer. Um, so I think that's helping with their their popularity right now but again i also think it's those those guys who were drinking the hazies for the past couple years they want to sort of maybe you know start to appreciate maybe the foundation of craft beer too a little bit you know sort of dive into the history of craft Mm -hmm. beer and and sort of where it originated originated from which is mostly lagers and again those lighter crispier you know viennas pilsners doppels anything in that way um, yeah, that's what I was just going to ask around Pilsners because I love Pilsners, and mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of places are brewing them again. Yeah. Well, I think it's the – a lot of people that are, like, nerds about beer. Mm-hmm. No like no shot at anybody, but, like, people that literally – it's kind of like the, the whiskey folks, yeah, right? Like beer like, geeks. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. beer yeah. geeks. Like, they're, they'll pick a style yeah. and then go to each different brewery in the area and then try that same style and kind of rate just one style, and I think Pilsners is the perfect – route to take realistically and it's fairly common i mean a lot of people like a lot of breweries in our area anyways almost always have a pilsner that they make mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know i just think it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah and 
you know, it's I a solid baseline, you know, right. to kind of, you know, see if these guys have what it takes, you know, to if you can brew a delicious traditional pilsner or lager like that. I mean, it's going to just really make you interested to see like what other what else can they do such yep. as like some of those traditional like pil- uh, brown ales, blonde ales, you know, doppelbach, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, I again, I, you know, as a brewer, I say this. I think it's Pilsners are one of those lagers in general, a traditional lager. That's kind of a, um, what, put up or shut up kind of yeah. beer. I mean, there's, there's not much you can hide with them. It's such a, you know, it, when you're resorting back to German purity law, beer is hops, water, malt, um, and yeast. Nothing else. Nothing else goes into that. And so if you can make a quality beer with just those four ingredients and that's it, which are typically going to be your lagers, and again, IPAs and whatnot, but there's dry hopping, and mm-hmm. et cetera. If you can make a beer, a, a lager that's not dry hopped, and you can make it good and delicious, and then that shows you, that shows kind of your, your colors as a brewer. Yeah. So that's right. That, that's where how I personally look at it. I'm not saying that's how it is perceived against, you know, around everybody sure. and all brewers. Sure. But that's just how I kind of look at it is if you can, if you can do that, then you're a brewer. You can. Yeah. So talking about the like community of brewery brewers, there's been a lot coming up in the area. What has been the collaboration like, or even community like around Buffalo craft brewing? Cause I feel like they're popping up, but we're not oversaturated yet, even though I think people would think we are, but we're not because we are a drinking town and we still like beer over basically everything at this point. Yeah. You guys were telling us about that study that they did where per, uh, like per capita with the water source that we have, we could essentially facilitate some ungodly amount of breweries total in the city. That doesn't sound like something I would have said. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. You're giving us way too much credit. <laughs> it sounds like something Carl would have said, honestly. <laughs> it was, I don't know if it was, it was the boys or it was Carl or, um, the, the Godfather at, um, Oh, Flying by Tim, yeah. Tim. That sounds like something that he would have yeah. quite a bit of knowledge on. Yeah, <laughs> the dude's a savage. <laughs> but they were they were literally talking about Buffalo and the um, the infrastructure. I think it was Tim now that you're saying, yeah, that, the yeah. infrastructure that the city has, where it's just I believe it. It's an ungodly amount where they're just like, yeah, you could put all like five on this corner. It's like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, we do that with Tim Hortons. When is that with beer? Like, right. nobody would go to work. They'd yeah. be sleeping <laughs> in the yeah. streets. You know, I'm kind of answer your question. Yeah, I. You know, and I can speak from a, a small scale of this area in the first ward, um, um, the valley, uh, and then Buffalo's whole. I mean, if if you come into this area, there are at least seven breweries within two square miles, and don't don't hold me to that to a certain you know exact range. But Mike's gonna bring it up next. Time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, round three, which is cool. Like any thirty-four other, minutes, forty-six seconds. You yeah, said yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and like, and which is cool. Like any other industry, you look at anybody who's working or opening a business in the same field as you as competition, and by no means is that perceived by anybody in this industry or anybody that we've at least communicated with. Um, and that's locally within the first ward. I mean, Carl at Pressure Drop has welcomed us with open arms and he'll come in here slap two four packs on the bar and again and asking for nothing in return just saying hello he's like you got to try this you know this is this is incredible and everything and then you know so you know him by name you know especially i mean you've got the guys over at beltline who have helped us you've got john at buffalo brewing who has helped us um so again it's just we, we love seeing this area grow i mean we have sad boys opening up right down the street on exchange in a couple months not you know, hopefully and I think that does nothing but draw more people to this area. 
who wants to drive 20 to 30 minutes to a new spot when you're right. having it like when you're having a boys day like no you want to or True. girls day you want to drive <laughs> you want to you want to get in your car get in your uber responsibly and and go to the next place and you know and hop and not have that much lag time between and so i think these areas that have all these breweries are seeing that draw that that sort of that um that it's a community yeah you know again we all continue to benefit when each other does well you mm-hmm. know and it's uh as Dylan's saying, it's it's a it's a community where people just want to get together, share an interest of appreciating and loving and drinking beer, and you know you're you're in a group of like-minded individuals when you're here, right. and there's very little that's more welcoming than something like that. I feel like breweries are not like the new wine trail. Like everyone yeah. just wants to go somewhere and just walk yeah. to the next brewery and yeah. be like, oh my god, this is so crazy. There's <laughs> so many bike tours that we see here um, over summer. Oh, like cool. you just get like twenty to thirty people in their their biker gear just rolling up. And uh, yeah, we get that. You know, we see that. We saw that quite a bit, and yeah, probably come see for more. one quick and sit down, uh, yeah. relax, rest their legs, and then on to the next one. When you started, w- when you're behind the bar and you're hearing people all the time being like, "When are you getting cans? When are you getting cans?" At what point we're you like, "All right, let's do cans." What, was it a logistics thing where you just didn't have the ability to do it, or like what prompted that we got to get cans in here? Because it, people can see behind right now, like there's a huge cooler full of it. So what was that like? Yeah, I think, I mean, going again back to kind of what we had talked about earlier, just kind of listening to and seeing the voice of your, your, your consumer when you had so many people uh, asking, like, oh, do you guys have this to go? And, you know, the option was, like, if you have a growler, or if, you know, we can fill a growler from you. But, you know, cans are just way more appealing to people. They, they grab them, they go, they can share them they, with their buddies. You know, they can buy four, mm-hmm. only open up one. Um, so, you know, kind of getting that response and those requests from people that consistently came in here one was just something that we wanted to do for them uh, but then two it was just another way of fi- you know kind of getting those little moments of appreciating and seeing that like hey what we're putting out is something that people want to take at home mm-hmm. there's something that they want to take to Thanksgiving dinner so you know and share with their friends and family and stuff like that so I think it was a little bit of mix of just like making sure we answered what the customer wanted and also just kind of appreciating how what that meant and how that felt to us sure yeah and you know from now that's joel's answer from the you know the front of the house consumer sort of um approach but it was a logistical thing too we had to make sure that we had enough beer to supply the bar and then be able to still have enough beer to you know again fart cans to, to consistently have cans um and again that was something that we we had to analyze over time to make sure it wasn't that we were just able to dive into head first and say we're doing cans right now because again if we if we didn't properly strategize and prepare for that there could have been weekends that that cooler is empty and there's nothing in there because we are running out of product because we're going through at the bar so there was a lot of behind the scenes as well now we wanted to do cans from the get-go we wanted to have that as an option but you know, again, logistically, it just wasn't there, sure. and so we're fortunately we're in a spot right now that we are able to consistently make sure that that cooler is filled every week uh, for consumers to take home a majority of what we have on draft. Um, based off of our sort of our scheduling of packaging, we can't always make sure that any sort of new releases that come out on Thursday or Friday are going to be in cans mm-hmm. for that weekend, but they are most likely going to be in cans the following. True. So. See, Derek, what? They strategized. They thought. They thought about it logistically. They didn't just dive head in and say, we're buying a camera and it'll be here Wednesday. They thought about it. Isn't but that nice? Also, it's refreshing. We also felt. We, we 
we strategized, but we also felt. See, you know? thank so. you, Joel. I appreciate it. <laughs> so. But also, like the word strategize sounds so elegant and like no, thought, thought out. It's not. It's usually me having like, a panic attack at the bar. Uh, Joel talking me off of a ledge here. And so when I use the word strategize, it's not like we sat down with our books and our papers and we said, oh, like we'll be ready by this date to do it. It's more like. I'm freaking out. Joel's like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do it. And then I go, okay, we will do it. And that's our strategy. And it's worked out. You know, doesn't so that far. sound more like us? A little bit. <laughs> but, I, I, but I like that they're publicly saying that they think about thinking. You know, we should try that. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah. <laughs> so in hindsight, do you think you bought the right size equipment? Or would you, have, if you had to do it over, would you go up another, like, what are you at, a five gallon? Five barrel. Five, yeah. barrel. five barrel. Five barrel, yeah. So would you have gone up to like Whiskey a seven guys. or an eight or something? No, I don't, I don't think so. No. Not right now. I mean, again, and with the building itself, we, we still have some limitations. Um, we are, and again, it's a good problem to have. I say this word, the phrase all the time. We have champagne problems here. So right now, we are still not brewing majority of our beers at full capacity so a lot of our beers like our ipas for example we're brewing those at four barrels right now um some of the like lagers and such will brew five or six but we don't have we're working on finding a solution to make sure that we are able to brew more but right now it's it's that limbo game of cooler space walk-in space and, and and whatnot so no i i think five barrels was a was a healthy middle point i don't think i wouldn't want to go any smaller i think any bigger would still be overkill because mm -hmm. we're still not using our system to its full 100 percent capacity i'd say we're about 75 to 80 so I, i'm very happy with and it's a, again i'm very happy with with the size you know brewing equipment we have and to be kind of clear on what dylan was kind of saying as well is it's not that we have you know four or five different beers that we're you know just sitting on I mean, right now you come in here, our tap list is 10 or 11 beers and two hard seltzers that we have. So, I mean, we're not just, you know, it's not that limbo of like that we have the same um, amount or the same beers right. that we're just kind of waiting to get rid of. It's just the, uh, I guess, again, we, we have so many that we are offering to people and it's just trying to find that balance of like, what's, what's the right number? Sure. Can you guys talk about your seltzers? I mean, we're kind of late into the interview now, but like. Your seltzers are amazing. They're like a dill pickle seltzer for a half second too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can breeze over the dill pickle one, but it was a hit, bro. I understand <laughs> it was a hit, bro. But I told my full transparency. My wife is like, "Where's the interview tonight?" And I was like, "Prior Brothers," and she's like, "Oh my god, they're seltzers." And I was like, "I know. I'm just gonna go have a quick one with the boys. I'll be back after." And she's like, "This is ridiculous." So I was like, "Just just hang out with the dog, you know? Like I'll be back. I'm gonna it's go hang cans. out with the boys." It's in cans, so you can bring Ooh. some home, Kelly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go over logistics later. We've got to think about thinking. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah, the, uh, feel it. Just feel right. it. Just feel it. <laughs> Sounds good. What was the seltzer journey like? Because it's I mean, definitely I, a journey. I mean, I really can't say that there's – we – I don't I, – I, I don't know. I'm trying to be – Politically we, correct? We don't really do anything outside the box when it comes to the seltzers we make. We, we follow a very standard procedure and approach to making them. Um, you know, I – But they're good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There's, there's, there's some things that we do. And again, it's not anything that we've pioneered or that we've come up with ourselves. There are procedures that we do to provide a more quality product when it comes to seltzers. But again, it's not like we're doing this outside the box thing when it's coming to making seltzers. There is a lot of, not a lot, there is a good amount of time that we put into trying different flavor additives, um, different products, see, you know, what we're, what works best um, is, is anything to is it anything to um, 
uh, sweet, anything too sour. So we do put a decent amount of time into that of, of what we're putting into our base seltzer when we are brewing it. But, you know, again, I, again, I, I don't want to take too much credit mm -hmm. for it because we are just following it. It's a very standard procedure and an approach to making seltzers. Sure. Yeah, I, I but think thank you. The, the, thank the, you. <laughs> of course. The um, I mean, really kind of the the reason that we jumped into seltzer so quickly, I think, is because, you know, to try and appeal to more than just the beer drinker. Uh, the, the licensing that we have with uh, New York State for this uh, microbrewery is just that of a, a microbrewery license, which allows us to only have and serve our alcoholic beverages here. You know, we can't bring in a, a cider or a seltzer from an outside source mm -hmm. or vendor. So we kind of needed to find and make it. So, I mean, it was more so a, a, a need than a I guess a want at first, and then it turned into, as I guess what we're hearing, that um, you know people want and like them. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, and kind of to divert a little bit, um, based you know with what Joel said too, is not having a um, the liquid license in order to do mixed drinks and cocktails, so only be able to serve malt-based products with the exception of seltzers. That also kind of shows in our, our tap list, you know, being a five barrel system with, well, now six fermenters, we originally started with five, we've added one on, um, to have anywhere at any given time when it comes to beer options, 10 to 12 different beer options on draft that is all made in house is something that we take a lot of pride in too. So to create a variety so that, you know, we're, you're not coming, you're not coming to the brewery for the first time and only being, only seeing one IPA, mm -hmm. one lager, one sour and one dark beer within those respected categories you're giving two one to two possibly three options so that's something that we take a lot of pride in and we put a lot of energy is to make sure that our tap list is consistently extensive and there is a variety to it so when someone who might not love beer comes in at least they have an option aside from seltzers when when you're here mm -hmm. so again it, it's it, it takes a lot of work a lot of strategy to, to my think. man <laughs> a lot of thinking so what was speaking of thinking the table beer yeah what is that what does that mean and where did that thought process come from yeah so um yeah the table beer is something that we just released um when this comes out about two and a half weeks ago um and the style itself it's it's hard to sort of pinpoint it to a specific category of what that beer is it's not it's not a it's not an ale it's not well it is an ale excuse me um but it doesn't really have a definitive category that it, that it falls in. Uh, again, when you when you when you determine beers, there's a lot of things that go that determine it: mm -hmm. IBUs, SRM, alcohol percent, um, and that's just within sort of a broad way to categorize beer. Um, with a table beer, for example, though, SRM is the color um, of the beer, so it can be a pale color like the Kolsch I was drinking, or as dark as the Stout. Uh, with a table beer, there is no really definitive line of the color that that beer can be. So it can be as dark as, as you were consuming or as light as I was mm. consuming with the Kolsch. Mm. Um, so that's just sort of one way to explain it. Same with IBU's bitterness. Uh, that's, again, what hops were using in it um, during the, the boiling process. Not really a specific target for that. You want to fall within a very approachable and easy palatable mm. IBU. But, again, there's nothing that's too too dialed in that you need to be at but again sort of to get away from the nerdiness of all of it a table beer is just a very general easy drinking beer and as mike was saying before the interview it's very common in europe to have just a very a, a light abv drinkable beer that, that substitutes water sometimes again in, in european customs drink you know having that lighter store style beer uh so that's that's kind of what we wanted to resort to and i'm not saying it's anything like it but when we were designing it and sort of producing it 
It reminds me of McSorley's in New York. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. Mm -hmm. You get two options, light or dark. That's mm -hmm. it. That, that there's, there's nothing more to it. And so, again, and that's, that's where my brain kind of went when we were designing this and sort of approaching it. And with being able to offer it for only $3 all day, every day, that also took a lot of strategy and, um, and, and thought to, to be able to create a well-made product that we can offer at that cost mm -hmm. and that price point. And we take a lot of pride in that because we have, we've had reviews and consumers coming in and trying it and saying that they would have no issue paying double the price for it. And we, that means a lot to us that we're able to offer that product that people wouldn't mind paying double for. Um, Which would only be $6. That's right. <laughs> Math. <laughs> but no, you're right. When you, when you said it's a table, when you announced it's a table beer, I saw the Instagram post. Obviously, I liked it. But, and then I shared it. But then I was like, this is, I'm like, okay, cultured swine. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, I'm going to tip my hat to you, good sir. Because the only time I've ever heard of it was in Europe. And the mm -hmm. fact that it's in Buffalo is just like the whole universe just shrank. Sure. I was like, how in the world is this a thing? And then you're like $3 all day, every day. I'm like, God damn, I'm going to have to go back. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's so good too. It Thank is. You. It's like, it's, there's a lot of fruity notes to it and it's just so easy to drink. Thank you. Yeah. It's a dangerous $3 beer. Man. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, personally, I'm a fan of it. It's, you know, one of the, one of the very critical of the product that we make here. Mm -hmm. And I'd say it's well within the top 10 right now of just, and again, not even just based off of again the cost and how we marketed it but just flavor wise i, I enjoy drinking you as usually my daily driver when i'm when i'm here yeah. or you know whatnot not so. while he's driving no yeah, yeah no yeah. right <laughs> but daily driver. It's, and it's got to pair well with food yeah for, for yeah. like how balanced it is yeah i mean it's not going to like overpower the the meal that you get and then at the same time it's if anything it's going to complement it plus you can achieve that i need i need something to go with this food mm -hmm. but i'm not I, i'm not trying to spend forty five dollars. We should like, get you. How do we, it sounds like you would do great if you were just trying to be our our, our upseller. I mean, that's, I a, mean, that's a great idea. We I, mean, I could just stand door. outside. <laughs> yeah. No, stay inside. It's warmer in here. Yeah. Right. Well, in summer, I'll put sunscreen on just my nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fryer brother's bro tank. Exactly. Yeah. Fryer brother's bro tank. I'll start cardio now with the slogan on it. So you said though the table beer can taste differently from time to time, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, there's there's um. There's no definitive, um, really classification. Yeah, classification to it. That's so crazy. Now, from from a, a producer standpoint, I would like it to taste the same every time we make it. Uh, we're going to use the same ingredients and the same methods mm -hmm. when we do make it. But again, if you were to if you were to another brewery um, and try one of their table beers, and there are a couple that not locally that I'm aware of, uh, but I've, I've had one at another location uh, brewery. And again, it was, it was it was lighter in color, had a different taste to it. But at the end of the day, it's still a approachable, low price, low ABV, easy drinking beer. And Checks all the boxes. Right. And it, again, it appeals to that new consumer that we're talking about with Pilsners or mm -hmm. lagers. Um, again, light, easy, approachable. What is the ABV on the... Um, four. It is four? Yeah. Okay. Gosh. Yeah, it's a good beer. <laughs> so <laughs> Nice job. So what's next? Do you guys have... Are, are you just kind of trying to continue with the momentum that you've had have you talked about anything else outside of that like what's next for you guys are you, are you speaking beer wise or what do you everything like? anything well, and everything you want to discuss that's public well, anyways no i i think uh, you know again we've always been super transparent with uh, you know kind of what we're doing how we're doing things uh, i mean the idea is to continue to just build off of the momentum that we have uh kind of never settling you know we've always been um our 
motto is you know humble and hungry i know it's probably taken by others mm -hmm. as well but it's something that we continue to hold ourselves to um, so kind of just seeing what happened and what worked and what was being received well last year or last summer i should say um, is something that we definitely want to continue to build on um, you know some things that we're we're very excited about coming up uh, you know we're approaching st patrick's day which of course is a, a very well-received uh, holiday in this uh, in this neighborhood uh, so we, you know we have a uh, we haven't officially announced it yet but we you know we're having a uh, you know a st patrick's day neighborhood nice. uh, you know kind of extravaganza if you will uh, where we'll have live music lined up all day we'll have you know the food trucks out here as well um, and just kind of like one of those really very involved in terms of like community and uh, fun atmospheres to be around all day you you like almost quivered when you said it i feel like it's because you realize the amount of brewing that has to go into that <laughs> are you guys already prepping for that and yeah. are you doing a green beer we're not going to do a green beer Thank no you. um yeah, no, no you're, you're just trying to make enough beer yeah <laughs> make enough beer. yeah i don't yeah, think yeah. anybody cares if it's green yeah. on st patrick's day in the first ward i'm going to be honest <laughs> no. yeah no. we uh yeah we got everything finalized about a week ago or so and so i was able to sort of now do my part and make sure that we have the the product available at the time so um, I'm okay with that. I feel comfortable right what, now. We'll what, what was happens. that? What was that conversation? I mean, I, I assume you're just like, all right, St. Patty's Day. You're like, okay, hold on, and then you're like, let's do these beers, and yeah. you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take the ingredients, times twelve, times eight, yeah. times six. Is that pretty much how that went? Where you're trying to quantify how much of it? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like I mentioned before, it's usually me sitting at the bar, Joel on the other side, my my hand on my head, like rubbing it in disbelief <laughs> and saying. How are we going to do this? And then somehow we do it. Again, it's, it's not, not saying it's done beautifully or perfectly or seamlessly, but it gets done. So that's it. Cheers. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything we need to touch on? Talk about the Pine Pass really quick before we, before we close out, because I think that's something, too, that's kind of getting some legs in the community of just, like, people doing this type of thing. But I, I, w I want you guys to talk about yours because it has some benefits to it, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, our Pine Pass is pretty much our way of getting a, uh, you know, a mug club. You know, we're not um, at, a sp at a spot here where we have the ability to hold and display multiple, you know, dozens of mugs uh, mm -hmm. for an actual mug club, if you will. Uh, but the Pine Pass is just to kind of reward some of those uh, frequent flyers, if you mm -hmm. will. Um, so, I mean, just the benefits of it, it's $100 a year. Um, what you do is you get a free beer when you first purchase it. So you can use that, you know, of course, anytime you want. Uh, you'll get a, a free beer during the month of your birthday. One free beer. It's not a, a one free beer every single month or every single day you come in during that month. We've been uh, pointed out on that. Um, <laughs> you'll get 15% off four packs, 10% off merchandise and growler fills. Um, and then something new that we're doing as well this year um, is that, you know, we kind of have a referral thing as well, which we're, you know, if you are a Pine Pass member and you get a couple mm -hmm. friends to sign up, your next year will be, you know, comped on, on us. Oh, cool. um, you know, and then oh, I almost even forgot the five dollar Thursdays. Uh, so any beer all day, Thursday, five dollars a pint. You know, that could be one, twelve, thirty, whatever you want to do. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of just like our way of trying to, you know, reward our frequent flyers and the quarter quarterly raffles. Oh, yeah. Quarterly raffles. See, there's so many benefits that I, 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 it's sometimes hard to remember them all if they're not right in front of me. Uh, but yeah, so quarterly raffles for you know gift cards, four packs, T-shirts, merchandise private parties, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's continuing to build. Uh, we're gonna continue to add benefits as we uh, you know, kind of move on with this year mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, it's something that we've uh, gotten a nice reception on from those that are in it. And 
we're super appreciative of those. Love That's it. awesome. Yeah. I mean, all those benefits when a Bills hoodie nowadays is like $90. <laughs> so for 10 extra bucks, you might as well just enjoy all those benefits. There you go. Hey, you said it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you again. We got empty glasses, but let's cheers. I appreciate oh, you guys. Right. I know, to an empty I know. glass? Yeah, I know. Just sink the ship. Just, just, should we just uh, in the tap. air? Okay. All right. Tap. All right. All right. <laughs> tap the table. Thank you guys again for everything that you guys continue to do. Oh, dude, uh, we can't, uh, we can't you know, leave without saying thank you to you guys again. What you do for not only just the beer community, but like small business community in this area is uh, you know, something that doesn't we don't forget about uh, the people that I think that you guys talk to and interview um, really take in and appreciate and love what you guys do for for them for the community that they try and support uh, so again kudos to you guys and cheers to everything you guys continue to do and can't wait to see what's next thanks oh, man well, thanks guys. thanks Dan, right, that's, you. that's motivation for another month yeah right there you go perfect <laughs> honestly if you haven't come to Barbara's yet I don't know what you're doing you have to come here try all their beers start with something like that is something that you would normally drink but then venture out because there's so many different beers to try here that you'd be very surprised that you like their punch bowl series it's just like one of those ones that automatically comes to mind where it's just would i really like an orange tangerine beer and then you try it and you're like yeah i do <laughs> so try a couple beers they do flights too which is awesome you can do yeah. some flights of any different type of beer that they have just come here check them out pay them a visit get some hen house chicken and enjoy your time thanks guys appreciate it you guys. thank you cheers your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.